Rest in peace to Anna Mae Bullock, better known as Tina Turner. This is the first of my podcasts that's going to be of this type. I've never done any sort of tribute or remembrance broadcast, so I may stumble on a few things, but what I'm trying to do here is just look back and reflect on what I've learned. And as I said, it's not so much of a tribute, but I want to make this more of a a lesson. I think we can learn a lot from the greats, and this particular individual, this legend, Tina Turner, did in fact affect me in my life. And I wanted to do something that was in line with what I had been or what I have been putting out there already. And that is the spirit of perseverance. And I think Tina Turner is a beautiful example of that. Persevering through difficulty, persevering through hardship, pain, and keeping doing what you need to do as a creator. Because it can get difficult out, out there for us. And I was just earlier today ready to give up on some things that I was doing. I was very tired. I was very frustrated. And lo and behold, I get the news that Tina Turner has passed away at the age of 83. She was born in 1939. That sounds sounds amazingly far away, but we still have her spirit with us in her creation, her music, her legacy. And she just recently put out a new single, a remix, but it was a single nonetheless last year. And if you want to know what kind of accolades she has, she actually is the first artist in history to, what is the exact number? Um, After that remix in 2022, she's become the first artist to have a top 40 hit in seven consecutive decades in the United Kingdom. So that's just a fabulous number there. And it made me think back like, wow, she's been doing a lot. And I went back and looked at what she had been through, what, what made her unique. And it turns out that the number one thing that I'm taking away from Tina Turner and her legacy is perseverance. And it was a beautiful form of perseverance that was able to shine through everything that she went through. Now, I said, I'm not really going to get into all of the ins and outs of her life, but I do want to relate what she's doing and what she's done to creativity and the act of creation and car alarms. So yes, uh, to get into perseverance, let's, I'll skip with the formalities, but you know the podcast, this is Mr. Bench's ADD experience. And I'm also going to skip the news today and any current events. I'll just go ahead and get into it. So let's define perseverance. This is a modified version of what Merriam-Webster put out. And perseverance is defined as 
a persistent effort to do or to achieve in a state, enterprise, or undertaking in spite of counter-influences, failures, oppositions, or discouragement. It is also a steadfastness, a firmness in belief, determination, or adherence. So once again, that's perseverance, to persistently make it, make an effort to do or to achieve in a state, enterprise, or undertaking in spite of counter-influences, failure, opposition, or discouragement, a steadfastness, firm in belief, determination, or adherence. So how does this person, Tina Turner, exemplify all of that? Well, I'll... I'll let you know how I came across Tina Turner and why she's interesting to me or became interesting to me. I actually was getting into music and getting into pop culture in the 80s. And Tina Turner really wasn't on my radar. She was kind of that weird old lady already, right? She was as far as pop stars were concerned, I think in the 80s, she was around, you know, in her in her mid 40s already. So when I'm listening to her, it, she wasn't pop like the young rappers I was listening to starting the hip hop genre. Wasn't like the the Michael Jacksons or the print or Prince or the time or any of those artists that were kind of popular in my age group at the time. She was a little older. I didn't dislike her at all, but she was just a little older. And she was already at that time being seen as a nostalgia act. It wasn't like she was fresh and in the public eye all the time. She was at that time on her way out, or so it seemed. My older sisters both listened to her and thought she was great. So I was able to follow along in that. As I said, I didn't think she was a bad artist at all. I I, I kind of, I dug her, but it wasn't on my radar in terms of this is what I'm going for. Nevertheless, she still had a presence. You saw her on TV, you would stop and you wouldn't change the channel. You would see her dancing or hear her music. And it's like, hey, let's, le let's leave that on. Let's let it play. In my family, we had quite a few varieties of music going on. Blues, opera, hip hop you know, the more popular rap and then the more hip-hop, hip-hop rap. You know, the MTV jams kind of music, the, the R&B sounds. We had also, my sister was very into a lot of the pop music like Cyndi Lauper and Phil Collins, things like that. So, there were quite a few different musical styles that were going on in the household. But yeah, Tina Turner was one of those acts that came on. And you were like, ah, oh, that's Tina. Ah, oh, she's doing her thing. I can, I can deal with that. Just let it play. And everybody in the family was able to kind of listen to her and be able to say, okay, she's good. We'll listen to her. We don't have to change the channel or start complaining. Yes, you used to change the channel on the radio when there was a song on you didn't like. I don't know how many people listen to the radio now, but that was the bot. Anyway, so I'm thinking back and I started looking back and I was like, what songs really stuck with me when I was younger? And I realized it wasn't the music 
that got me first off. It wasn't the, her, her songs. It was her stage presence. She had the crazy hair going on and she had the outfits and she always had this way of moving about her that looked uh, kind of literally and figuratively electric, you know, and it was, it was a sight to see. It was like, man, she's, she's on stage. She's getting into it. She's doing her thing. And you didn't see, you didn't see too much of this. She was like the only one still out there. As I said, she was starting to be seen as a nostalgia act. So I really wasn't on my radar, but her music was fine. It just wasn't my thing. At the time, I believe I was listening to the Fat Boys. I was listening to LL Cool J. I was listening to, who was that? Run DMC. That's what I was listening to at the time. And Tina Turner came across my radar in force when Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome came out. That was a life-changing movie for me, just in terms of seeing spectacle and new worlds that I'd never seen. And all of a sudden, I was like, hey, who's that lady singing? Oh, that's Tina Turner. Oh, that's the lady in the movie. She's got a song to go along with it. And the song that went along with the movie Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome was We Don't Need Another Hero. When I heard that, all of a sudden, it started to connect a little more. This is me as a kid, right? I'm seeing We Don't Need Another Hero relating to her life, relating to the Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome kind of vibe. And you know, I've always talked about my superhero stuff. It's like, we don't need another hero. And I don't know, this is the first song of hers and the first time I really started to connect with her. Even though I'd heard her songs before, I was like, okay, here we go. She's something to deal with. And if you don't know her iconic look in... Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Just search Tina Turner, Mad Max. Search for images of that. It's actually still, it's probably still worth watching. I don't know if you like going back and watching old movies, but it was definitely a sight. And when you think of somebody singing, you don't think of them, at the time, we didn't think of them as singer-actors. So when she stepped on scene, it wasn't like she was a singer. It was like she was that character. She took that role and ran with it. I might have to go watch it again. Shout out to Tian Turner and Mad Max. And Master Blaster. For you video game fans and you old hits. So yeah. That's when she first started to really get on my radar. I didn't know much about her past. Every time she got brought up, I'd hear this name of Ike Turner. And I'm like, okay, Ike and Tina. And I started to get more of the story behind their past. So then I was like, all right, let me go ahead and look back into this. Who is this creative individual? Why is this older lady still around doing things? It's just, she was just out in pop culture doing her thing in her own vein, but still making cultural relevance. That's perseverance. And I didn't get it, but I respected it. So yeah, as I said earlier, she was born in 1939, went through all types of stuff, 
her her mother she her mother didn't want her and she ended up living with her grandmother for much of her life so she's already got this idea in her head that she might be a mistake she had to fight through that mentally her mother didn't want her grandmother dies she has to go back and live with her mother somebody who might not have wanted her or they at least they didn't have a good relationship like that she was a cheerleader and a basketball player so she was out there doing stuff and at some point she was singing along the way and that's when she met up at some point with ike turner and his band so ike turner was this workaholic dude who was doing like 90 straight shows in a row going on the chitlin circuit if you don't know what that is go look it up chitlin circuit he was doing the chitlin circuit through the states and had this band they were doing crazy stuff it's kind of like what james brown was doing but i believe he was a little less famous than james brown nevertheless he was out there doing his thing and they ended up in a relationship over time. Initially, they weren't together, but she wanted to sing and get out there and do work. So she started working with Ike. They started working together and was like, oh my gosh, this girl can sing. She's doing her thing. So she was out there singing with Ike Turner and his band, and he had a bunch of different variety shows and outings and productions that he was putting on. And they put in a lot of work. For the most part, they were platonic until they weren't. So she was a she was good and she was a featured vocalist. So it wasn't because she ended up sleeping with him or anything like that or had a relationship with him that she was able to do the work. She did the work. Then the relationship came along later. In fact, she was actually pushed away from Ike and the band initially because he had his own thing going on and was like, eh not dealing with you, I don't know you, whatever. But over after a couple years, they ended up in a proper relationship. Now, if I've got any of these facts wrong, I am not a Tina Turner historian, so please feel free to jump in the comments and add whatever you need to, to fill the story out. Anyway, they had a tumultuous relationship, and I'm not going to dwell too much on that, but it was bad for Tina. Bad. Ike Turner was abusive and bipolar. Not a good situation for Tina, but she worked through it. They ended up divorcing in 1978. As I said, 1978, this is before the 80s, before I was even really understanding what music was or anything like that. They divorced in, in 1978. And now she stops touring with this band. So now out on her own, she's got to go work through all this, all this stuff, this abuse that she's had to deal with and still keep on doing what she does. But she doesn't shy away from any of it. It's difficult for her. And yes, at one point she did consider, consider ending it, but she kept on going. I should say a slightly stronger word than consider. She started making motions to end it. She started making motions to stop feeling all of the pain. Shout out to 
I can't stand the rain. I don't want to fight. What's Love Got to Do and all the other hit songs that she's she's been able to produce with that pain in mind. So what happens when when you're when you're abused like this and you're in a business relationship with somebody and a romantic relationship, a marriage, and all of a sudden you break it off and it's not good anymore and you have to leave. You don't just leave. She had a lot of debts to pay back. People would people are going to come after your money when something like this happens because, hey, you're supposed to be at this venue. We expect to see Ike and Tina Turner do their thing. We expect to see a certain type of production. And now we're hearing all this news about you're not together anymore. You're not with you're not with the band anymore. You're not with Ike anymore. What's going what's going on? So like people do, they'll come after you. They don't care about your problems. Nevertheless, you have to persevere. And that's what Tina did. Her creative spirit shone through and she started touring with her own material to pay off the debts. Not everybody would would have been able to do that properly. And as I said, I mentioned the term nostalgia act before. When you've passed a certain a certain point in your career, a certain point in your development, people are like, oh, they were good back then, and they can't get you out of that era. They can't think of you in a different way. And even as a kid, I kind of had that vibe of her where it's like, oh, she's for a previous generation. She's for my parents' generation. She's an old school retro throwback. Even as a kid, she was that to me. I just didn't understand what that was. I was like, oh, that's Tina Turner. She's cute. She's got awesome hair. She's doing her thing. Whatever. Not my generation. As I said, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome came out and I was like, holy crap. Look at this lady. She's awesome. And then in the 80s, we start to see her reinventing herself with not just that movie, but coming out and making more music, putting more stuff out there. And we're seeing different, a different side of her, a different era. Not everyone can do this. You know, a lot of times they'll say, you know, you've got one shot and you take it for all it's worth. Eminem said something like that. You got one shot, you go out there and get it. And when it's over, a lot of people say, hey, you just pack it up and start doing something else. Unless you have a beautiful, persevering spirit. So then... She's still not really my generation, but I have a new respect for her. Over in the 90s. You know, after, in this, after Mad Max, there was a ton of extra buzz and everything. But was that a one-off? Was that a, a second hit wonder? You know, was, was that a second vibe wonder? No, she kept on. She kept making music. And it was hitting with the older folks and dribbling down into the current mainstream. I remember, I don't know why, but I remember seeing her on MTV several times. And there weren't too many older acts you'd see on MTV, especially older black women. But Tina Turner was able to break that, break that barrier. She was able to get into the public eye, be seen, recognized, and talked about even after all that time. 
And then GoldenEye came around. GoldenEye came around in 1995. And she got the GoldenEye. The 007 was a big thing at the time. And it's been the James, the James Bond series has been strong for for decades now. But with GoldenEye, her voice on it took a whole new level. And all of a sudden, it's like, holy crap, here comes GoldenEye. And once again, it had another pop culture revelation to me with the GoldenEye Nintendo 64 video game. Shout out to the Clob. Shout out to playing Slappers Only. Shout out to Odd Job. Shout out to anybody who got the rocket launcher and didn't off themselves with it. But yeah, this is decades, man. And as someone who's had a hard life, you know, from a, from a child, when your entertainment persona is nothing but struggle and pain and you still continue to do it and persevere and create that thing that makes that better world, that's hard to do. And I'm over here sitting here worried about, oh, I have to make another post to YouTube or, oh, I have to make another post to Instagram. I don't know what that type of pain is like. I only hope to have that type of persevering spirit. I only hope that when things get crazy enough, I can persevere like that. I'm not sure what I would do. So, I know all of us have situations that we have to deal with. But how do you keep going? How do you push past that? How do you get to the point where people start hailing you as the queen of rock and roll? How do you get to the point where people don't just like your music and like you, they go back and start referencing it? Back to Missy Elliott and I Can't Stand the Rain. Shout out to Disco Inferno. Shout out to River Deep Mountain High. When people start referencing these things, that means you've hit the popular lexicon. That means you've hit the public idea of what music or whatever your creative venture is. That means you've hit a certain level of star status. I mean, you do what you got to do, right? For Tina Turner, it was a simple act of moving to England because the vibe in America was just not her thing anymore. So she was like, all right, America sees me as one way. Fine, I'm going to move to England. Let me do it there. Sometimes you may have to do that. I don't want to say whatever floats your boat because that's a weird phrase to me. But she took a circumstance was able to adjust it, was able to adapt to it, was able to, and by adapt, I don't mean that in a nice, clean, happy way, like, oh, I just changed my shoes or changed my makeup or changed my clothes. No, I mean adapt. Like, when you adapt, you drop some things, you do some, make some tough decisions, you swallow your pride, and you do what needs to be done to take you to the next level. Adaptation means rising above, and you can only adapt if your spirit perseveres. 
So on into her final years, you know, people were like, well, she's not going to sing anymore. She's not going to perform anymore. What can she do? She starts working on a musical. This person, Tina Turner, does not like talking about her life, does not like singing the songs about the pain she's experienced, but understands what it means to people and how helpful it can be to people. And somewhere, somewhere along the way, she picked up Buddhism and got a certain peace within herself and was able to like, you know what? My story is an important one. What I'm doing is important and I'm going to keep pushing forward. So she puts out this musical. Boom, success. New life breathed into the whole persona of Tina Turner. She ends up writing a book, co-writing a book. And if you want, I'll put links to some of her materials, some of her books in the show notes when I get to it. And she helped, she helped produce the documentary of her life. I mean, obviously, who, who else are they going to go to to produce that documentary? They went straight to the source. She's been through some sicknesses, including cancers. She had issues with her kidney. She had a, she had a stroke at one point. She thought she was okay and then just fell to the floor one day. But at one point she said, you know what? I'm going to persevere in my creator spirit and maybe I'm not singing anymore. Maybe I'm not dancing on stage anymore, but I'm going to push on and adapt to the stage of life where I'm at. And she made it her, she made it her mission in her older age to teach spiritually to get her ideas out on the spirit. And I don't even know if her spiritual teachings are necessarily that profound or that great in comparison to her actual life. Because the perseverance and spirit that she showed in her actual life is definitely something worth considering. Definitely worth studying, looking at, applying and reflecting on. So at the age of 83, she finally passed on and has left us with an awesome legacy. And I want to thank her for that. I may put up a, may put up a song or two from hers, but I'm really starting to understand at this age how how much work it takes to persevere in your creativity. And as I said, creativity is that act, that essence of being able to build something where there is nothing. It takes a certain amount of energy, a certain amount of power, a certain amount of grit to build something where there is nothing. That is to create. And the ability to do that is to be creative. To continue to express yourself, to continue to grow, to carve out a lane when it seems like the world is trying to pass you by. Some of you may be going through some things and 
one thing that I, I've been trying to understand and trying to do better in my life is to take my my anger, my frustrations, my pains, and turn them into something better, to reroute that energy. Tina Turner intentionally did that in her life, where she said, I am going to take all my pain and turn it into medicine. At first, I thought she meant that for herself. But when she said she's going to turn her pain and her struggles into medicine, she not only meant it for herself, but for others. Because you can't truly create in a vacuum. And I'm glad that I learned this lesson and was able to hear that quote from her because it really struck me. Because it's what I'm... It's what I am hoping to do. I'm hoping to have this type of influence. I'm hoping to have this type of spirit that can persevere in spite of nonsense. I get upset sometimes when, you know, people leave garbage out. Or leave the lights on. That's not pain. That's just whatever. I'm online and people are arguing over silly things. Shout out to the great Star Wars fan base wars of 2017. I think I, I grew a couple gray hairs in that era. And who did it help? I don't know. But I'm talking about real issues, real pressures, pushing through them. What do you have to push through to get to where you want to be? What do you need to persevere? What do you need to do? What do you need to have? How can you embrace that medicinal spirit where you're using your pain, your trauma, as fuel to keep you going forward. Not to repress anything, not to hide from the pain, but look deep into that abyss, that scary darkness of uncomfortable memory, of shame, of frustration, looking into all of that and still coming out ahead still coming to a place where you built up a legacy worthy of worldwide attention now maybe in the back of your head you're saying well that's not me not everybody can do that I'm not asking everybody to be Tina Turner I'm asking you to look to Tina Turner and spirits like this to start building your own beautiful perseverance you don't have to take my method you don't have to take Tina's method find your own how do you persevere how do you push through the problems and the pain how do you create that world you want how do you get off the hamster wheel and start running on your own how do you get out of the rat race 
and start making your life happen for you? How do you leave the comfort of your, your safe situation, which is probably unsafe, and get into that dangerous creator area where you can make something and people have the ability and the privilege of completely disliking it? How do you persevere in these situations? I don't have the answer for you, and I'm not supposed to. I just know that you have the ability, just as I have, and just as Anime Bullock had, you have the ability to persevere. How you tap into that strength is your work. It is your work to find it. It is your work to cultivate it. It is your work to push through. Become well-equipped with those things that pain you because that pain is the way to where you want to be creatively. There's something about the hardship and the struggle, and I am not a fan of masochistic, you know, working yourself to death, beating yourself up, none of that. But somewhere in that pain, somewhere in the direction of the negative, you should be able to find the compass point that's opposite of where you want to go. What do I mean by that? Once you know where you don't want to go, it helps you focus on where you do want to go. As Ryan Holiday said in his book, the obstacle is the way. That's not just some random guy. This is ancient knowledge, ancient wisdom. There's something about obstacles that show us the way forward. So look into that abyss, face down that dragon. Maybe you don't fight it head on. Maybe you find a way to trap the dragon. Maybe you find a way to go around it. Maybe you make the dragon step on a trap door and you press the red button under your desk and the dragon falls up to its death. Whatever. Maybe you feed it ice cream and it gets a brain freeze. There are many ways to take care of your dragons. I don't know what they are. I don't care. You don't have to post them. If you're going through things, feel free to post whatever you want. But I am not your guru and I will not lead you to the promised land. I just want you to know that there is a promised land for you. And it will take creativity and perseverance to get to it. Thank you all for interacting with this. Take what you've learned, apply it, and use it where appropriate to create something good. Check me out on my website at mrbenja.com. If you're not already a subscriber and a follower, please do so. Thank you very much, and I will see you soon. Hey, thanks for joining me on this podcast. You all make everything I do possible, and I really do appreciate it. So even if you've got me on social, please visit mrbenja.com and see what's happening and how deep the rabbit hole goes. All right, I'll see you next time. Peace.